Hi, I'm Cheryl Sitz, and today we're going to learn about ancient alien stones, mystical artifacts to empower us. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, my website, journeyofpossibilities.com, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. Each week, it's our mission to explore holistic, spiritual ways that you can transform life from the inside out naturally. We'll speak with today's guest, Namali Ben, in just a moment. Do crowded places overwhelm you? Are you awakening to your intuitive and psychic gifts and finding it a bit overwhelming? I don't know a better word for it. That's what it is. I talk to people that are staying in their house because they can't handle the energy of all the people anymore, or they feel everybody's everything and it's too much. These are our gifts and they're called gifts for a reason and hiding because they're so strong is not learning how to manage them. And I'd like to help you with that because that's a journey that I've been on too. So I've created this little three hour class. I call it psychic nine one one and we're going to meet from two to five central time on Sunday the 19th via zoom. So you can join us from anywhere in the world that you are, and we can have a conversation about how to learn to manage the energy so that it works for you instead of against you. It'll be a lot of fun. Psychic 911, you can learn all about it on my events page, journeyofpossibilities.com slash events. Mario Rosales and I have been here sharing these amazing people that we meet and our own journey of expanding consciousness for quite a while now. I mean, I think we're going on like 250 episodes, right, Mario? How long has it been? We've been here since 2012 on this podcast. And what do you guys think? Are you enjoying the content? How about you? Have you actually thought about doing one also? I know when I started with Cheryl, Cheryl was like, what in the world is a podcast? (laughs) And I thought it was an excellent way for her to get her message out. And I want to share this with you also. So if if you want a podcast or if you've been contemplating, what kind of message would you want to put out in a podcast? And I start you from the beginning, just like I started with Cheryl. So why not contact me at marioversales.net or at techlifebalance.net. Thank you so much. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, The Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers all proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide Bennett J. Vonderheide, also known as Namali Ben, acquired sacred carved figurines and engaged his investigative skills, which he developed in his work for Daddy Justice, to compile information, including their connection to the Dogon. Now he teaches about these mystical artifacts and inspires us to connect, acquire, and activate our own. You can learn all about it on his website at ancientalienstones.com, and I'm excited that he's here to join us today. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much. 
thank you so much for being here. It's been a while since we first connected, and I'm really glad that you reached out. And we've taken you into our Facebook group, Harmonic Convergence 333, and you've done a couple of videos in there that our listeners can check out as well. I'm curious, the Stones chose you, if, if we subscribe to that belief system, to be their spokesperson. Why do you think they might have chosen you? Is this like a lifelong quest you've had to find sacred objects, or how did this come about? No, I certainly can claim no credit for seeking the stones. Although I, well, first I want to thank you for inviting me again and, and inviting the Nomali onto the journey, which is your show, yours and Mario's, and is your life. It's great work you've been doing for many years with this and through the Harmonic Convergence 333 people. Thank you. As you said, we had a great connection there and uh, group meditation on a stone very powerful uh, as far as how the i became in this position i would put it as simply as possible uh, and would relate to those i'm sure that are your listeners same feelings that when you find something that is really powerful amazing mystical it's a great a great uh, life experience it's one of the things we seek on the journey as you as you have and more interestingly is when you find something of that caliber of that importance of that uh, magnitude and then you identify and uncover that other people are not aware of it that it has been hidden and obscured and purposefully suppressed for hundreds of years and that it is a great opportunity to to help and to heal and to better the lives of untold people now and in the future. That's what motivated me to be here in the, uh, the simple sense. Now, from a, a factual standpoint, it was many years ago when my friend, and I want to give a shout out to his spirit, uh, Bill Diamond had first made contact with me. Bill would be the real-to-life character which was portrayed in the movie Blood Diamonds uh, by Leonardo DiCaprio. And um, he also was an operative in the intelligence community, which is initially why he made contact with, with me long ago. And there was an, uh, an opportunity to work with him in that regard, but I did not have an interest in that. As a byproduct of my relationship with Bill over the years, uh, I gained access to and acquired the Nomali stones. Bill was an individual unlike, uh, like very few, a true adventurer who long ago, having discovered that there were riches to be found, discounted in his mind all the dangers, extreme dangers, and took himself into the jungles of Africa and went single-handedly with a guide in exploration of diamonds. And as I say, the interesting thing about Bill, having known him as well as I did while he was on planet, is that while he went there looking for the, the riches, as he told me in the end, it was the, the people's hearts that captured him. And he would talk of how when he would walk into a village, the children would all come running and the women would start to sing. And uh, he just loved the people in the end. So... 
I guess you could say that my part in it was that I was not interested in the monetary gains of the of the diamond opportunity, nor in the uh, surreptitious skullduggery and espionage. Not that I, you know, I have respect for those who do take on those responsibilities for the interest of our country. It's just not. I don't feel motivated and uh, I'm not a believer necessarily in our government or any government. I certainly support again defending our our United States, but it's just not me to be involved in in those things. But I always had an interest in spiritual and certainly who doesn't have an interest in artifacts and carved figurines that were found deep in the ground that are mysterious and unknown. So he just to clarify, so he dug them up while he was doing other things in Africa. They're on other purposes. He came across these digging them up, and no, no, that's that would not be uh, that would not be accurate. The they would have been dug up over the years. They were first identified by the outside world in the 1400s by Portuguese sailors. So to answer your question, the simplest, they were buried long ago in the jungles of three countries, of Sierra Leone, of Liberia, and of Guinea, only in West Africa. They are buried, some in the shallow and some in deep strata, and deeper strata, and they are were buried long ago. No one knows, truthfully, who buried them, when they buried them, or why they buried them. Unlike other artifacts such as these around the world where you would find them at temples or in burial sites. These are randomly buried in the bush. Now, why Bill would have acquired them? Because he was working with the chiefs deep in the bush where few other men could go and come out alive during the days, especially of the rebel insurgents and, and all the wars that have always gone on over there between the peoples. So he had contact with the chiefs and with the medicine men, the medicine women, who would have acquired the stones over the years and would be utilizing them in ceremonies, tribal rituals. And they would have offered them to him um, to acquire. So he felt their power and experienced them in ceremony while he was there before he was passing them on to you and you felt their power. Yes, he would be initially a skeptic who would have been won over over a period of years. He was over there many decades. And only by, uh, you know, at first he would have more or less, I think he would have told me he would have played along <laughs> just to go along in the bush. And uh, But after what he'd seen over his experiences, he came to have reverence and respect for the beliefs of the natives. And of course, they would benefit if he made it out of the bush with their diamonds and came back with money. So they would want him to have uh, items of a spiritual power that would help him navigate such a treacherous environment and, uh, and did complete his missions. So when he shared these with you, did you feel their power or were you also skeptical or what prepared you to recognize these as something you were so passionate about that you wanted to share them with others? Well, initially, I, I just thought they were very cool. 
very unusual, but I also anticipated that many other people were collecting them and that they would be well known throughout the world by collectors and, and those who are interested in stones. I essentially lived in a bubble in that regard for many years. Along the way, there were times when I would pick up a stone, such as the one I have in my hands right now, and I would utilize it in a meditation or utilize it for another, other purposes. And I came to find that they provided a very amazing experience for myself. And then I began to make them available to others who were in times of crisis and healing or other reasons and saw a profound impact upon those individuals' lives. A few years ago that I decided to um, take them out into the world, and that's when I realized that they were essentially completely unknown. Did you have a meditation practice already going? Did you have a spiritual background before this time? Because you say that you meditate with them and such. Was that all new to you when they showed up in your life, or were you already on that path? I picked up doing yoga and began doing yoga retreats when I was in my late teens. I began studying metaphysical and spiritual practices and religions on my own and have uh, done sweat lodges with natives, have sat with uh, uh, Hindus in large group meditations, have studied, again, yoga for uh, 40 years now, so and have meditated and prayed on a daily basis because I don't know how else you get through in life. So it was an additional energy on top of, and what did you feel the first time that you brought one of these stones with you into a meditation? Was it an instant connection or has it grown over time? No, it was the first experience was as interesting and profound as others have been. Would you care to share any more about that? I don't really know. You know, I prefer that other people um, I experienced it on themselves. I would only say it was different than anything I'd experienced before. It felt very powerful. There was a connection and there was a calming of this particular stone and a sense of something outside of myself that I connected to, discernibly unlike anything I'd experienced before that. And you've had people tell you that they have used these for healing practices? About a year and a half ago, um, uh, one was acquired by Jeff the Shaman, Jeff the Village Mystic, a great character down there in Bradenton, Florida, in an area of Bradenton that was not as pretty as others. They turned it into a what they call the village, and it's artists and healers, really now a beautiful area, very good energy. And in there, Jeff the Village Mystic runs a shop, a healing facility, meditation center, and he acquired one of the stones and began, initially he has an altar, a shrine, if you will, with crystal skulls he has acquired over the years and other very powerful stones. And he initially placed the Nomali from our collection in that, in that location. But he said thereafter, told him, in his, he got a message that the stone wanted to be used in his healings. And he thereafter began using it in all of his healings. And at one point in time, he said he did look down and he saw what he perceived as two beings, smaller beings, with their hands on his patient at the time. Now, one of his clients who he identified as a highly advanced woman also then acquired one of the stones and has used it. Also across the, on the other realm, if you will, I, one was acquired by 
a professor, Professor Rebecca Kane, and she has studied indigenous tribes around the world. She speaks lectures around the world on the impact of indigenous tribes upon where science and art meet. She has lived with indigenous tribes through the years, but she now is also on the forefront of nanoparticles, study of nanoparticles with a group of universities in the United States. And specifically, she is studying neutrinos, which are a nanoparticle which have recently identified. And there's some thought that these are uh, significant in the consciousness area of, of enlightenment. And she's told me that she felt that was interesting. She acquired the stone and she had meteors and others all her life she collected. And she set the stone in the middle and it became the primary stone of the collection. And she told me she feels the stone is part of her research into neutrinos. That's interesting. So you call these alien stones at some point. So where does that come in? Where does your insight come from that these actually came from a planet other than Earth? Well, I try as best I can, Cheryl, not to put a great deal of my opinion over things because it's uh, it's not how I want to proceed. So I, I what I do is I research and look into others' uh, statements. And uh, by doing that, I've identified, well, first of all, when the stones come from the bush, at some times they do have descriptions from the natives of how they were used, what they were used for. So if we go back to the natives' beliefs, they normally were gods who lived, there were their angels, who lived, uh, spirits, angels, gods, depending on your translation, who lived in the heavens. They misbehaved, and the ultimate god sent them down to earth, raining them down as stone. For punishment, they were forced to live with humans. They were said to be large. In fact, some Nomali stones depict Nomali gods riding on top of elephants, dwarfing the elephant. They had eyes that protruded and were so bright you could not look at them. They were like looking at the sun. When they spoke, their voices were so dynamic that you would, they would speak in one village and be heard in villages far away. So automatically, your, your traditional beliefs are that they are ancient aliens. The stones the natives would say were not carved by humans. Now, I have to say there are many replicas and fakes, but the original Nomali stones, the authentic ones, were said to be handed down from the Nomali gods to the natives to be used as tools and for the purposes of blessing the natives. So from the beginning, you have that. Now, you can also add a little anecdotally, if you will, or another fact is the if you want to look at another little component, is the Angelo Petoni. Angelo Petoni is interesting. He was talking to the natives, and they believed that diamonds are stars that fell to the earth. And Angelo Petoni was in charge of, well, that's an interesting story. I'll tell you about this stone he found first. Angelo Petoni was in charge of uh, excavation for diamonds in Sierra Leone. And the natives had told him of this belief the diamonds had rained down, having been stars. And he said, well, if those diamonds rained down, then the sky must have turned to stone also rained down. And they said, 
Yes, it did, and we know where it fell. And so thereafter, he and he was only joking, but he went. Then the shamans said, "Not only do we know where it is, we know where it fell." He, he went with the shamans, and that's where they found the blue sky stone, blue sky stone, and they found also a normally in a strata that was identified as being approximately up to 17,000 years old, somewhere between 12 and 17,000 years old. In that stone, that Nomali stone figurine, he took it and he began to hear sounds that he felt was, were vibrational noises. He took the stone and had it uh, x-rayed and found that in the belly of the stone was a ball bearing. He drilled it out extracted the ball bearing, and had it analyzed and identified that it contained chromium. So, of course, the question would be, how could chromium be in a stone 17,000 years old that when we didn't identify chromium until 1761, isolated in the 1790s? Interesting also, also excuse me, about the blue stone, the sky stone, the heaven stone, Stone of Heaven, those are the names it goes under. They analyzed it. Angelo Petoni went to Klaus Donna, who was an expert in items out of time, analyzed it and found that it was comprised of an element they could not identify. The color blue was artificial, but an element unknown to man. I would predict that right now, any of your listeners could go to the three most enlightened and intelligent adepts they could find and ask them if they've heard of Nomali and the chances no. But the same three will likely have all heard of the Dogon. And my son Quinn and I have done research which connected the Dogon to the Nomali. The Nomali gods were said to have come from the sky. The Dogon got their messages of where they believe mankind originated and the information on the Sirius star uh, from the Nomos gods who descended from heaven in a fiery ship with great whirlwind and delivered the information. The Dogon are from Mali. The Mali Empire extended into the areas where no Mali are found. And it is our contention that is possible linguistically that it initiated as the nomos of Mali and then over time was shortened to nomali. This takes us to one other direction and that is that the Dogon have been genetically connected to the ancient Egyptians. The There's a, a contention that prior to the Egyptian period and pyramids there were civilizations that were far advanced and built pyramids in West Africa. There are some who believe that Atlantis was connected to West Africa. By either of those, the contention is that there was an earlier civilization, perhaps 10 to 100,000 years ago, in this area, and that these Nomali could have been from a, from a civilization that long ago. One of the things that lends itself to that is that when, when Angelo Batoni discovered the blue sky stone, there was some on the surface. When he dug under, he found 200 kilos of sky stone, again, in this strata that was a, identified to be as old as 17,000 years ago. The blue sky stone uh, was 12,000, 17,000, depending. 
And uh, the blue sky stone was set into the shape of a pyramid. So the question rises, were pyramids initiated in West Africa as old as 12,000 years ago, much before, long before the ancient Egyptian civilization? Well, and going back to my original question, I, I'm not even sure the pyramids are from here. I think that, <laughs> we're talking now about the first Earth pyramids, but I don't think we're the first ones to to play with that design here on this planet. So I, I'm fairly confident that that came here as well. You've done a lot of research into all of this. Can you tie together the Dogon and the Nomali around these stones for me a little bit? Because I'm kind of getting different storylines and I'm not sure how it fits together. Yes, and I don't have all the answers. There's more research to be done, but we certainly would say that there is a potential that the Nomoli were depictions of the Nomos gods. There's another additional factor, and that is that the Nomos were said to be amphibious-looking creatures, uh, aliens, if you will. And the Nomali are oft depicted with crocodiles infused into the Nomali gods and or humanistic figures. The, the Mende believe, Mende or of West Africa, these areas, also called Mandingo, the Mende, Mandingo, believe that the crocodile, well, they revere it because it is capable of living on the ground and the water, but they also believe that that's connected to the Nomoli gods and that they infuse the powers of the Nomoli gods into the humans, and that's represented by the crocodile being connected to the humans and the stones. So there is, uh, again, there, I guess the, you're looking at the proximity because uh, Mali is directly above and slightly to the east of Guinea and uh, Sierra Leone and Liberia. The Mali Empire, which included the Dogon and the Mandingo, stretched across that entire area. And um, so again, the linguistics, the belief was that it's potential that they were considered the Nomos of Mali. And then that was eventually modified into Nomoli. But again, no one knows. So all we're doing is asking questions and bringing them back to light because they have been, while they, and I mentioned that they are unknown, my son spent a year and a half reaching out into social media and in front of what would be millions of people, according to the list of members of the groups that he approached, and was able to identify without a doubt that none of them had ever heard of normal Lee. These are groups that are healers, spiritualists, crystal specialists, stone experts, uh, ancient alien, ancient civilization. All of those experts in those areas had never heard of these amazing stones. On the other hand, they were first written about in 1855 in Thompson, New York. They were written about in 1880, 1890s, and the 1900s. Thor Heyerdahl mentioned them of the Kantiki when he did an exploration of Easter Island. They were copied and uh, they've been replicated and even faked to the point where there are thousands of fakes out on the market. But 
they're still completely unknown. Although they're in the museums across the country and across the world, the British royalty have collected them for long years. It is just an amazing anomaly, if you excuse the pun, anomaly, that uh, these stones are so unknown in a world which is hungry. And I want to point this out. If I, I like to, to highlight that by contrast, by comparing them, if you can imagine if we found a whole new set of Native American carved figurines that could be tens of thousands of years old, there would be so much excitement and clamor to own them and to use them in meditations and healings. But in West Africa, even the, the natives currently, because of the heavy Muslimization from many times radical Muslims and other religious forces and political socioeconomic forces, they do not want to be seen as primitive. They want to be seen as modern. So even your foremost African professors will shy away from uh, speaking on the traditional uh, native ceremonies and beliefs. But uh, what we found is nothing except powerful, positive impact upon the lives of those who open up to these spiritual forces. And it's my personal opinion that the Nomali are tools from God that want to be activated and that want to help as as all of God's tools and angels and spirits do. And so that is the work that uh, you're engaged in today. So it's your desire and intention that people can come to your website or go to your Facebook Lives in our group and to the blog that I'm going to toggle on this interview because you did share with us some things in a blog that got all of this started through my website at journeyofpossibilities.com. So you're reaching out in all these different ways to get these stones in front of people so they can see them, so they can feel them through your broadcasts, and they can reach out through your website and own one, right? And experience this for themselves. Well, not only that, but I wanted to know that they may, there may be people listening there today who already own a Nomali and don't even know what it is. They could run across an authentic Nomali. These were brought over by natives uh, over many years. And yes, to be aware of the power to, if they can access one, if they already own one, or if they want to acquire, if they can acquire one from our collection, to activate them and to recognize the power of them as Jeff, the village mystic, so that one stone impacts so many lives over years. And and there are many stones out there that, you know, so yes, I would say with our stones, we're not as interested in seeing them sitting on museum shelves or in collections as we are seeing them activated and they activate the people who... uh, who touch them and utilize them. Or there are people who can do that just by watching them on the video. We have a video at the museum of the exhibit with the professor Kwakua Forianza, a good friend of mine, speaking about the stones. And uh, yes, so again, as I said in the beginning at the top of the show, when we find something that's really cool, we just want to share it. 
Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today and share it. You've taught us a lot of information that you've, I'm sure, pieced together from research all over the place. Because as you say, I hadn't heard of any of this when you reached out to me. I thought, wow, here I'm I'm doing all these interviews. How have I not heard of any of this? But I feel better when you tell me that most of the people you talk to haven't heard of it either. (laughs) So we're spreading the word. Well, I would certainly be interested if any of your because we have found no one who's used Nomali contemporaneously in the United States. And if you have anyone with any experiences, we'd certainly be interested. We are working on a, uh, they will be appearing for the first time in a national television show. I'm not uh, at liberty to discuss which the name of the show is. That's their, their uh, they like to handle that, of course. But they will be on national television for the first time since 1990. So there will be an awareness there. We're working on a show uh, along the lines of the treasure hunting shows you see on television now, the reality series, which will be called No Molly Hunters. But your broadcast and your connection is far ahead of those. They're going to take time. And uh, it's great to see the light turn on to your listeners and and uh, look forward to, again, if any of them have any experiences, we'd love to, to hear about them, but uh, not only in the past, but what they might uh, find in their own environment. Like I said, maybe a couple of your listeners have these stones that they picked up somewhere, or the stone found them at a garage sale or a flea market, and uh, or was handed to them by an adept. Regardless, they may have one already, or they may find one as they go about their their world. Wonderful. So they can their, their learn. journey. Yes, their journey. <laughs> so they can learn more about uh, connecting with you and seeing the stones at ancientalienstones.com. Again, we've been talking with Nomali Ben. I like your nickname. And Ben, I like to ask my guests as we wrap things up, do you have any, you've told us you kind of can't tell us any more about the events that you've got coming up in terms of media, but any other events you want to share with us? Well, so we're going to have a small, interesting group at the Pebble Hill Church in Doylestown on the 22nd. It it won't be a great amount of people, but we're going to do a group meditation with the stones, maybe 30 or 40 people. And that's going to be something that hasn't been done, to my knowledge, in this country. Of course, it's been done in West Africa with the tribal practices. And uh, and it's a group of, it's the uh, New Hope Metaphysical Society. So individuals who are tuned in and, and enlightened, such as your listeners, so we're looking forward to, and again, I'm sure any of your listeners are, that are not close would not uh, make it, but I think they're going to broadcast it somewhere in their, in their website, et cetera. And it's just going to be exciting to see what happens when we put stones in a group and of enlightened individuals and activate them. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that I've had several guests over the last couple of months talking about their African experiences and African shamanic awakenings. And uh, Africa is definitely connecting through this show right now, big time. So I'm sure that it's all working for the greater cosmic good. And I just love being able to be a part of that. Ben, do you have a parting thought you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Well, if there's anything that's very disappointing that I've uncovered, it is there is a disconnect between the descendants of West Africa and their ancestral spirits. It is um, it's disheartening, and I believe it leaves them disconnected from their traditions and a part of us that is very important, our ancestors. I think the, the tapping into the spirit of our ancestors is 
ubiquitous throughout history of mankind. And I look forward to the day when things like these stones conquer the negative, uh, false impression that's been put out about African spiritual beliefs and begin to show that these are valuable, worthwhile uh, traditions which deserve to be respected, revered, and they should be proud of and, uh, and reactivate. Wonderful. Well, you're a great spokesperson for that and for bringing all of this full circle from the ancient past to now. So thank you for all your efforts. I know it's a lot of research, a lot of hard work. Thank you. Thank your son. We really appreciate you doing this and sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Many blessings and to you. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. Let us know what you think. Info at journeyofpossibilities.com. And we'll see you next week on Exploring Possibilities.